illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me today from the Port of Canaveral in sunny Ian Stricken, Florida, the director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the beach beach. How is post Ian Florida? Dude, it is beautiful down here. Um, I'm sitting outside in shorts and a t-shirt in front of my hotel, uh, waiting to hop on our boat tomorrow morning. And, uh, it was a blue sky today. Um, believe it or not, at least where we were driving, we, we came from Orlando really from what we could see, not a lot of damage you know, from, from the roadways you could, you know, that you could pick up on. Uh, when we were driving early yesterday morning, when I landed, we kind of drove through some residential areas. I went and take a look at my, uh, my property down here and it, uh, where, where my, my house is at the, uh, uh, it's pretty mature, you know, that the trees are probably 20 years old or better. Mm -hmm. And we, I was expecting to see a lot of downed trees or anything. And there was a few limbs in the roadway and stuff, but nothing of any great consequence. It weathered it really, really well, considering how bad the winds were supposed to be hitting Orlando, um, you know, because it blew a hole through the side of the Jurassic Park building. And and the Hulk roller coaster at Islands of Adventure uh, was underwater with as much rain as they got. Yeah. But uh, but I'm here a couple days later and there's still some areas of standing water, but nothing huge. Uh, uh, down here at the port, we were going to eat at one restaurant, but it closed at, uh, at seven o'clock, but we noticed a couple of panels missing from its wall, probably got blown off in the wind, mm -hmm. but uh, again, nothing extravagant that we've seen. And they're, so, they're on the other coast too, though. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it would have gone through here and then went back to the Atlantic to, to warm back up. I haven't even watched the news. Is it still, is it heading North and doing damage up in the, um... the Carolinas? 
let's see I'll see where it is currently now this is um, well that was from yesterday hmm Let's see, now this is three days ago. Yeah, see, it looks like it's hitting up around uh, the Carolinas was the last I heard. Okay. So, but uh, it really walloped the west coast of Florida, like the Tampa, Fort Myers area, Naples. Yeah, yeah, but, brought um, what, 20, 20 to 30 inches worth of rain yeah. in a couple of those areas. Yeah, yeah crazy. Yeah. Well, glad you're doing good. Glad you're getting on the boat. Get out there in the middle of the water tomorrow. Yes, exciting. Well, I want to remind everyone the purpose of illegal participation is for us to talk beaver sports, tailgating, and anything else we find interesting and stupid every week. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can do so. HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter, HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and most any other podcatcher you use. All right, Beads, ready to talk some Beaver sports? Absolutely. All right. First up, we've got some women's volleyball. Billy, women's volleyball always includes butts. Tell me we don't have any butts this week. Well, Beads, the Oregon State volleyball team dropped a Pac-12 conference match. Three to nothing to Arizona inside Gill on Friday night. Terrible. And then they took on Arizona State on Gill on Sunday afternoon. And did they get their butts walloped again? But but ultimately dropped a three to two decision. Hmm. Now in that game, matching her career high with thirteen kills. Nurserna led the offensive attack for the Bees and was joined in double figures by Michael Vernon with 12 kills. The Bees are now 6-8 overall, 1-3 in the Pac-12 play, and they've completed a four-game homestand, and they're now on the road for their next four matches, beginning with Washington on Friday night. First serve from Seattle is set for 8 p.m. Well, let's hope we have some success up there. I agree. It'll be tough, though. I, I, I re- you know, it's it's just volleyball is one we talk about every season, and it just never seems to improve. And I was really hoping this year was going to be a change, but there hasn't been so far. Yep. Well, Beach, on to some women's soccer. Ooh, again, women's butts. Oregon State upset bid of top-ranked UCLA fell short on Sunday afternoon as the Bruins took a 5 to nothing win. Son of a bitch. UCLA used four goals in the first 45 minutes to pull away from the Beavs at Paul Lorenz Field. Oregon State will now hit the road this week with a game against Colorado on Thursday. Kickoff from Boulder is set for two. You know, we need to throw this whole week away. It's been a shit week. We need just we need to start over. I wish we could do that, Beach. Yeah, we should. You know, you should be able to get like one mulligan a year for a week. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. I mean, do, are you allowed? A question for you: Are mulligans allowed in actual golf, or no. is it just when you're playing tournaments and you get to buy a mulligan? <laughs> Pretty much. Is it? That's just what you're doing. We yeah. should be. There should be. Well, you know, if you could buy mulligans in Oregon, would be buying the shit out of them. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Uh, it's true. <laughs> I just buy enough to win the game. Um, anyway, uh, so, <laughs> moving on. It'd be, it'd be like listening to a. Uh... Jerry Allen broadcast of a duck game. 
I was listening to it a little bit last night. And he is so bad. And he'd be like, oh, the pass crossed the middle. Oh, it's incomplete. No, it's caught. No, wait, it's intercepted. And I'm like, what game are you listening to? You can't, you just gave three different calls for the same thing within like two seconds. Anyways. How long he, he's been doing it for a long time, hasn't he? Yeah, and he's always been that way. He's just, just pathetic. Yep. Well, you know, he matches his team. All right, Beach. Uh, let's go on to men's soccer. The Oregon State men's soccer team opened Pac-12 play with a one to nothing road victory over number 21 UCLA Thursday evening in Los Angeles. Thank God. The Bees dominated the scoring chances in the contest, outshooting the Bruins 11-3. Now, that victory is the second straight for Oregon State over a ranked opponent after uh, OSU beat number 11 Denver last Tuesday. The contest also marked OSU's second-ever road victory over UCLA. Wow. Yeah. That's a sad. It's only our second. UCLA has always been really good. Do they play? I, I don't mean to sound stupid here. I often sound stupid, but uh, yeah, and I'm sure you edit things to make me sound even more stupid. But um, do they play in the Rose Bowl? No. When they play soccer, where, where do they have a separate field down there? Yeah, they have a soccer field. Oh, okay. All right. Didn't know. That's stupid. That is stupid. No, I just. <laughs> well, I was just curious. You know, it just always seems because the Rose Bowl is quite a bit away away from UCLA, is it not? Correct. Okay. How come they use that as just always been their home field? I, I don't know. Actually, for a while, they played at the, uh, I believe they played at the Coliseum, maybe, with USC. Really? They swapped out? They played like every other game there or something? Yeah, I think so. Huh. But yeah, they, they or maybe it was USC played at the Rose Bowl. I can't remember. But yeah, they, they've used the Rose Bowl for quite a while now. Okay, they so they, they can't afford their own football stadium, but they can afford a soccer stadium. I guess. A lot less people we have to worry about. All right, Beach. Uh, the uh, Oregon State men's soccer team then today took on San Diego State in Pac-12 play. And won? And fell three to nothing. Ah, damn it. Yep. You know, this this whole this this whole last few days has just been a big old pile of crap. So and then on top of that, Bill, you know what I had to do? What? I had to pack this teletype all the way down here goddamn florida yeah yeah well beach uh, oregon state will return home this week to face california on thursday and stanford on sunday and finally we've got a little bit of cross-country news Ooh, good uh the oregon state cross-country had four runners placed between 14th and 24th place on saturday building a third place team finish at the charles Boyles invitational in salem now, Janie Hamlin, one of the Beavers in her second collegiate race, led the team by placing 14th, followed by Delia DeLone in 15th and Gabby Peterson in 17th. Peyton Smith finished 24th, and Eliza Ekman rounded out the scoring runners in 37th. Now, the Bees will get a couple weeks off from competition before the Nuttacombe Invitational and Lewis and Clark Invitational the weekend of October 14th and 15th. Gotcha. And lastly, Beach, I'll just throw this in here. A little bit of football news. Oh. Oregon State inside linebacker Jack Coletto has been named a semifinalist for the prestigious William V. Campbell Trophy, the National Football Foundation announced last week. Well you're deserved. Like, you're like, oh, semifinalist. Coletto is one of 156 semifinalists for the honor. 
Oh, God. Which is in its 33rd year of honoring an individual as the absolute best football scholar athlete in the nation for his combined academic success, football performance, and exemplary leadership. So what is that, like one for every team? <sighs> That's more than – yeah, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> yeah, 156. Okay, pick Couple, the best. This, these are our top. These are our top ones. We went to every school and we picked the top one. These, this, that, is, this is pretty much, and that's why I threw it in there because I read it and like, ooh, semifinalist. That's pretty good. Then I read 156. I was like, man, I would even be like a little, you know, I, like, even if it was like 40, I'd be like, okay, you're in the top 40. I, you're great. You, you know, the only thing that does help is if you don't win, you can put that crap on a resume and don't disclose how many fi- semifinalists there are. <laughs> exactly. And you're like, oh wow, wow, that's impressive. I was one so. of the top these in the nation. <laughs> well, they honor the top 3,000. Exactly, and I was in that. Well, when we were talking on the cross-country, and you mentioned the, the 37th place, I'm like, well, how far do you, how deep do they go and still get points? Exactly. So, how many runners are out there running? A boatload. Apparently so. So, anyway. Hey, Billy. Yes, Pete. Did you hear that? I'm glad you packed that teletype with you. <laughs> you never know when that thing's going to come in here. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're the one that originally brought out the teletype, not me. Well, I mean, for Pete's sake, you could have bought me a new one by now. I mean, you haven't got me a Christmas gift in like three years. You know, oh, oh. <laughs> you got a phone. You ever heard of email? <laughs> hold on, hold on here. All right, Billy. I don't know what's worse. You took the machine or you took a bunch of paper with you. What? Yeah. <laughs> Oh shit! Oh, uh, you know, well, it freaking runs in an old sky style plug-in because the son of a bitch was built in the twenties. So I trying to find a place I could plug it in was a bitch too. So what you're saying is it doesn't have the grounding part? No, no third, no, no third prong. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it doesn't. And then the yeah, the thing is, it's it's slightly frayed and it shocks you when you plug it in. <laughs> um, Billy. Yes, Beach. This just in. The U of O is a pathetic excuse for higher education. On Wednesday, on Wednesday, the university, to end what it calls reprehensible fan behavior, took a quote, quote, number of actions. These actions include engaging student leaders in conversations that lead to positive changes across campus and interventions, if necessary, during sporting events, a statement from the university said. And if talking points and overused phrases don't get them out of social media embarrassment, they will pick a random strange out of the student section and blame him for all their evils uh, the Ducks have done over the last year. There's over 25,000 students at the University of Oregon, and I bet you not one of them knows who their class president is, let alone who their student leaders are. This is crap is a joke. They, they put this, this stuff out, and they act as if they're doing something to stop this. And what it is is you've got a bunch of morons, and you know what? You can't fix stupid, and why don't they just come out there and admit it instead of giving a bunch of talking jargon that just blows sunshine up people's asses that's just blatantly untrue. And, you know, the funniest thing was um, there's, a, uh, uh, there's a high school recruit from North Salem High School. Uh, I'm going to butcher his last name. Manu Manu Maluena. Mm-hmm. Have you heard, have you heard of him? Yeah, he's Polynesian. Okay, well he was at the uh, game when they they started chanting uh, two weeks or was a week and a half ago now mm-hmm. when they started doing that uh, that chant to BYU. 
and uh, so he was there uh, considering uh, U of O is, is re- trying to recruit him as well, I think, as, as maybe a school in Florida. And uh, at halftime, after that little chant went, because, by the way, he's a member of the Church of Latter-day Saints, uh, they, left the, they left the game. <laughs> so uh, he said now he will be attending probably future games this season. But and he hasn't uh, exonated the Ducks out of his uh, out of his search. But uh, it sure doesn't help uh, much when you're recruiting when you're offending people because you're making fun of their religion. But anyway, um, yeah, I just I just get so tired of this crap anymore on social media and the the universities just doing word salad to try to make it sound like they give a damn when they don't. All they want this stuff to do is go away. And they're going to give you little talking points, and then they just pray to God it doesn't happen again. But if they have to uh, do something, they'll they'll find a sacrificial lamb, and they'll throw them under the bus, and they'll call it good. So, yeah, but I mean, I, really, what do you expect the university to do? I, I, I'm just, I, I, I'm just I saying, in all seriousness, no, people but, suck, and that guy's going to those people that were doing well, that are going to suck. And... Th- th- then say that. Say you know, there's no possible way of the 25,000 student bodies that we're going to stop 25 morons from chanting moronic things. Yeah. You know, and we can kick them out, and that's probably what we'll do in the future. Yeah. You know, I mean, th- literally, that would have more impact in my point of view. You, you know, I always go back. Do you remember reading Fahrenheit 451? Oh yeah, love that book. Yeah, and there's a there's a scene when they're going after the 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 hero in the movie. They're they're attacking him with. I just remember being some kind of mechanical dog with like a. a, a dart on its foot that's mm-hmm. meant to meant to kill him yeah. and he ultimately escapes the but they're yeah but they're they're showing this live on television and so in order to satisfy the audience they just pick a random guy walking across the street and they send the animal after him and they say oh there he is and they 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 end the episode uh because it's all being broadcast on tv with this poor bystander just getting killed to 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 make the audience believe that that they were successful in their operation and I, I so often feel like this is what we're doing is they're just they're just lying, picking out, like I said, picking out a random strange to kill him uh, just so that they can act as if they were successful in their efforts when they know ultimately they weren't. But anyway, I just I, my little rant on on the piece of crap that University of Oregon is. Yeah. So and the fact that their fans actions are actually going to hurt the outcome of their team if they continue to do stupid stuff like that. Yeah. And, and and they act as if they're 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 unknown to this. Yet there's 11 teams in the Pac-12 that all know that they're the worst team in the Pac-12. That's what I don't understand. Why why is it the, the they're they're the most ignorant of that they probably have the rudest fans uh, in the Pac? Well, uh, one they think everybody hates them because everybody wants to be them, but that's not the truth. It's funny, Beach, and I, I talk about this every time I go watch a game at U of O. Only place where I've seen a sign outside talking about how fans are supposed to uh, uh, conduct themselves. Mm -hmm. It's it's the sign says um, conduct, fan conduct. Conduct, yes. D-U-C-K-T, yeah. Yeah, like how you're supposed to conduct yourself. So it's pretty pathetic. But anyway, well, there's your update from Eugene. So we'll see if there's any better news this, this, uh, this coming week. Yeah, right on. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, they, they're still a pathetic excuse for a university. For some reason, there's not ever some very great news coming out of Eugene. No, no. It's crazy how that works. Yeah. All right, Beach. <laughs> um, are you ready to go look at week number five in the Pac-12? 
After further review, the runner did cross the line. The Touchdown! Well, I got my uh, I got my tissues out over here. Um, um, I think I'm ready. Okay. So, sometimes I use tissues for some things. Uh, yeah, I, say, uh, I hope but, you don't have your but, lotion with it. But but yeah, the, these tissues aren't going to be used for that this week. That that that's. <laughs> I'm hoping maybe next week. Maybe next <laughs> week I'll be that lucky. <laughs> okay. Well, heading into this week, um, Kyle was at 25 out of 36, and you and I were at 27 out of 36. Kyle had a perfect week last week. Really? Yeah, we'll see how he does this week. All right. So first up, now you probably saw no games, right? Um, no, I did not see any games. I had to work on uh, Saturday during the Beaver game, and uh, I had to work from like 10 to 2. And then right after that, I had to finish packing and, and fly out to Florida. So no, mm-hmm. I didn't get to see. Uh, I didn't really get to see anything. All right. So let's talk about these games. First up, we have a game, one game on Friday, September 30th. Unbeaten Washington at unbeaten UCLA. Um, looks like you and I picked the Huskies. Kyle went out on a limb and picked the Bruins. How'd that turn out for him? Well, Beach, UCLA quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson passed for 315 yards and three TDs in UCLA's 40 to 32 victory over Washington in a matchup of unbeaten Pac-12 teams at the Rose Bowl. Now, the fifth-year senior also ran two yards for a score in the third quarter when he sidestepped defenders Braylon Trice and Javion Green, causing them to fall onto one another and heap near the goal line, making it 33-10. to Wow. Now, Thompson Robinson supplied the highlight plays, but plenty of other Bruins contributed to their first 5-0 start since 2013. Son of a bitch, that goddamn Chip Kelly. Yeah, and so um, it actually got up to uh, 40 to 16, I believe, before the Huskies before the Huskies scored a couple late touchdowns to try and but, come back into it. So that's still not enough to put him over the top and nope. allow that bastard to be still undefeated. Exactly. So okay. Kyle got the win there with UCLA. And actually, UCLA looked really good. And that was probably some of the best I've seen Thompson Robinson play in his five years at uh Well, I guess UCLA. we can hate the coach and like the players. Yeah. So. All right. Next up, all the rest of the games were on Saturday, October 1st. First up, we had Cal at Washington State. Um, so – all of us picked the Cougs on this one, and I'm pretty thinking that that was the right tr- that that's how it turned out. Am, am I wrong to think that, Billy? Well, Washington State quarterback Cameron Ward threw for 343 yards and three TDs as Washington State beat Cal 28 to nine on Saturday, despite Ward being intercepted twice in the end zone. Renard Bell caught eight passes for 115 yards and a TD for Washington State, which played four of its first five games at home. Now, Jack Plummer for Cal completed 23 of 33 passes for 273 yards for Cal, which was coming off a big win over Arizona last week. Mm. So, yeah. Um, strange, though. Both teams, both of those teams scored uh, 40 points last week, and then you get a 28-9 game. Yeah. So, Well, sometimes teams just match up better with one another. True. So. True, so... So we all got Wazoo a point on that one. Yep. Next so, up, Colorado at Arizona. Yeah, we didn't have a lot of variety in, in who we 
who we picked this last week. So Correct. all of us, all of us went with uh, Arizona on this one. This is the battle of probably what I hope are the two bottom feeders of the pack. Well, Beach, Arizona quarterback Jaden Delora, who last year played at Washington State, tied a school record for TD passes in a game with six and threw for 484 yards. Jacob Cowing caught 12 passes for 180 yards and a touchdown, and Arizona dominated from start to finish in a 43-20 victory over winless Colorado. Now, it was another bad loss for the Bull, for the Buffs, who lost their first four games by at least 25 points and weren't much better against the Wildcats, obviously losing by 23. There were already questions about Karch. There were already questions about Coach Carl Durrell's job security coming into Saturday's game, and they aren't going away after this stinker, particularly from the defense. And Beach, just today, Colorado fired football coach Carl Durrell in the wake of the Buffs' 0-5 start. Wow. I thought, didn't they just say last week or something, didn't we just have the conversation where they were behind him? Where they gave him the vote of confidence, and then I said, that's not a good thing? Yeah. Yep. Why, why, why would you do that? And then a week later, you know, have asked for take backs that that's just baffling to me. I know. Now the school also dismissed uh, defensive coordinator, Chris Wilson, um, offensive coordinator, Mark Sanford will serve as the interim coach. Uh, the school announced Sanford is the former head coach at Western Kentucky, where he went nine and 16 in two seasons in 2017, 2018. Now defensive line coach, Gerald Chapman, was named the interim defensive coordinator. Darrell will receive approximately $8.7 million in a buyout. I wish I could get fired for $8 million. You're doing a crappy job. Here's $8 million. See you later. <laughs> I know. It's so bad. Yeah. It's so bad. We, we signed a bad deal, and we're willing to just pay you off and get rid of you and try somebody different. We'll, we'll, we'll take the $8 million loss. And, yeah, you know, it, it really shows you how much boosters uh, – how much pressure boosters have oh, yeah. to influence change on a university. Oh yeah. You know? And, and I mean, I know they're usually the ones coming up with money. Hey, we'll give you the $8 million to get rid of this guy. Correct. Yeah. I, I you know, and again, I sit here and I, and I, and again, I, I appreciate there's, there's certain coaches that are better, certain coaches that are, are worse. There's, there's, there's chemistry, there's players, there's recruitment, there's all these factors in it. But the fact is there's, there's 12 teams in the pac 12 and they're all trying to be the number one position. And, Somebody's going to be in the bottom half of that thing, no matter what you do. I agree. So, so it's like, well, do you, I mean, you can try, but is it really worth pissing away eight million dollars and giving away to a guy who just sucks just so you can get another guy who might suck a little less? But it is what it is. Mm-hmm. That's why you shouldn't sign such stupidly long, stupid, expensive contracts. I agree. You, you know, you'd think they would get smarter and start signing. Con- but I mean, I guess the, the coaches wouldn't sign a short term contract. But if they if they were good, they would. And I think Jonathan Smith got a pretty when he first started, his contract was pretty, uh, pretty pittance compared to the rest of the. Oh, yeah. The conference, I think. Yeah. But yeah. So anyway, all right. well, good luck we, them. we all got the win there. Oh, real quick question, Billy. Why did they fire the defensive coach and not the offensive coordinator? I know that's what you'd think, right? Yeah. Cause you're getting, so there's two ways to look at it. You're getting beaten by that much. Is it because you're giving up way too many points or you're not scoring enough? Yeah. And it's like, they just picked one and said, okay, you got the short stick. I, I, to... I don't know the ins and out. That guy might've been closer to Darrell than the okay. other guy. Who knows? Yeah, I just I thought that was interesting that they grabbed one and not the other, and and, and maybe that's the guy that the, the the boosters didn't like. 
what what sucks is the whole season's shot now anyway. It doesn't really matter. So yeah, I mean the Beavs saw this a few years ago when uh, Anderson walked away. What four mm-hmm. games in? Yeah, except Anderson. At least we didn't have to pay him any money. Correct. Correct. Yeah, that which, was that was the... which makes me think there was probably something else going on there. All right. Uh, next up, we have Arizona State at USC. And we all picked them in at Troy because we're not stupid. USC quarterback Caleb Williams passed for 348 yards and three touchdowns and rushed for another score, keeping USC unbeaten in Lincoln Riley's first season with a 45-25 victory over uh, uh, Arizona State on Saturday night. Now, Mario Williams... Malcolm Epps and Kyron Hudson caught TD passes from Caleb Williams, who returned to elite form after struggling through much of the Trojans' nail-biting 17-14 win at Oregon State last weekend. Running back Travis Dye also rushed for 62 yards and two second-half scores for USC. Now, Emory Jones passed for 243 yards, and Zazavion Valade rushed for two touchdowns for the Sun Devils, who gave an encouraging effort in their second game under an interim head coach, Sean Aguano, after the firing of Herm Edwards. Did some jackass players go out and roll around on the field after their after USC's victory there? No, they were at home though. Oh, okay. Yeah. So two Pac-12 coaches have already been fired this year. Yeah, not not uh, not starting off too well, are they? No, not at all. All right, Beach. Uh, last game up that we picked: Stanford at Oregon. And our 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 choosing does not necessarily justify support, uh, but we all chose Oregon. Well, Beach, Oregon quarterback Bo Nix threw for two touchdowns and ran for two more, including an 80-yarder, and number 13 Oregon won its fourth straight game with a 45-27 victory over Stanford on Saturday night. Nix completed 16 of 29 passes for 161 yards and led Oregon with a career-best 140 rushing yards on six carries. Oregon had 351 yards on the ground compared to Stanford's 127. Cardinal quarterback Tanner McKee threw for 166 yards and two TDs. Casey Filkins rushed for a score and caught another TD pass. Now, Stanford hasn't won since its opener against Colgate. It was the Cardinals' third straight game against an opponent in the AP Top 25. They also fell to USC and Washington. They have. Stanford had a really tough schedule. You know, when I was looking, Oregon has a really gravy schedule this oh, year. Oh, other than Georgia in that first game, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at who they got, who they have to play in the pack, and I'm like, going, dude, they got... They got all the gravy, and they 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 took out any any team that could possibly uh, hurt them they if don't, they don't play. They don't play USC, and they don't play Utah. Yeah, like wow, how lucky could you get? So. And they've got Washington at home. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Well, so. that's just like the big uh, or the SEC. How long has it been since Georgia and Alabama have played in the regular season in the SEC? I don't know how it's often, been freaking years. Really? Oh yeah. Because they don't want to hurt each other's right. They'd rather not play each other. And that, wait till the, that's what I think. They don't want to cannibalize each other. So we'll, we'll do that at the end. I, I think kind? so. Yeah. We'll play, we'll play in the championship at the end. All right, Beach. So after all the games that we picked, Kyle, I hate you, Kyle. Kyle had a second perfect week in a row. Son of a bitch. Yeah, that's the first time that's ever happened. And it tightened everything up. I mean, you and I were both four or five, so it's now uh, you and I with 31 out of 41. Kyle with 30 out of 41. Wow. Getting getting back close there. Getting close. 
All right, let's uh, talk about the last game of the week, Beach, Oregon State at Utah. Well, I was uh, I was working my lovely retail job, so I'm absolutely ignorant, and sometimes in this world, ignorance is bliss. Well, and you asked me to send you updates, and there just wasn't any much good stuff to update. So, Utah quarterback Cam Rising threw for 199 yards and three TDs and added 73 yards and a score on the ground to lead Utah to a 42-16 victory over Oregon State on Saturday. The Utes forced four turnovers to avenge their only Pac-12 loss from last season. It was the first time Utah finished with four interceptions in the game since a 52-45 victory over UCLA in 2016. Now, for Oregon State, third-string quarterback Ben Goldbranson threw for 177 yards and two interceptions to lead the Beavs. Goldbranson played in the final three quarters after Chance Nolan left with a neck strain. Now, Oregon State suffered its second straight loss despite rolling up 417 yards and 21 first downs. Jeez. So, the Beavs could move the ball, but, you know, Gil Branson threw two interceptions in the end zone. Uh, Nolan threw a pick on the second play of the game. If you're throwing interceptions in the end zone, I mean, that that's potential touchdowns, right? I mean, that's oh, literally yeah, touchdowns. Well, and, and one of those, he threw an interception. Touchdowns or field goals. He threw an interception in the end zone that was returned 70 yards to the 30, and then they scored two plays later. So it was a 14-point swing. Wow. Yeah. Um, at one point, the game was, I believe, 21 to 16. Well, I you know, I, then, I do And have... then Utah just you know, scored three straight and it was just over. I have the little uh, clicker on my phone sometimes. And Mm -hmm. so right in the first, I saw that Utah scored really quickly, like on their first drive. And then Oregon state responded and scored really quickly on theirs. I'm thinking, Oh, this is going to, and that's as much as I saw of the game was those two quick, quick scores. Mm -hmm. And when I saw the, the Oregon state respond so quickly, I thought, Oh, well, you know, our, our offense is going good against them. Hopefully, you know, we, we stay with them on this and, and uh, match them point for point, and uh, apparently not. Well, and part of that kind of bothered me too. I mean, one, Beef's defense actually looked pretty good a lot of the game. But, you know, you give up that many interceptions, it's going to be damn near impossible to win. I mean, it's what killed us last week. Yep, and, you know, the first interception that Nolan threw – he just tried to force it, and the guy made a pretty good play on the ball. The second one, the guy just goaded him into it and just kind of trailed behind the receiver. And, I mean, he never should have thrown that pass because as soon as he did, the defender just drove in front of the uh, receiver and mm-hmm. picked it off in stride and returned it for a touchdown. You know, it was a pick six. And, so, um, and, so how did Nolan get injured? Um, he got tackled, and you could really see it on one of the replays. He got tackled as he went down. He kind of rolled up on his neck, and so he went out with a neck strain. I, I still think there's been something else wrong with him because he hasn't gotten he, he hasn't had his fastball the last couple games. There's been, been no floating. there's just been no drive on the ball, mm-hmm. and so that's bothered me. Um, I, I wonder about Tristan Jebbia, who's supposedly the second string quarterback, but they've been putting in Gil Branson. Huh. And so that makes me wonder, like, well, what's up with, with Jebbia? But huh. anyways, um, it, it was just a disappointing game um, all the way around. You can only expect the defense to stop that a team like that so much. 
Yeah. The other thing, yeah. too, is the two interceptions in the end zone, you've got the ball first and goal. One of them was from the five-yard line. Run the damn ball. You know, that's the – I'm with you there. That's, that's you know, I, I, again, I can't remember who said it, but the one coach said when you when you throw a ball, only three outcomes are possible and two of them are bad. Yeah. And and you run the ball, uh, you hopefully diminish the ability of, of the of the uh, the turnover, you know, is yeah. diminished much. And, uh, and especially if you only got five yards to go, if you've got a good line, you should be getting two and a half yards well, uh, just on a line rush. You've also got your basically third string quarterback in there. Give it, give it to your, your running back and your big guys up front. Yeah. You know, especially, I, I just... when been, especially when we've got such multiple, uh, uh, options to to go with i agree uh and it's you know i remember it was was it steven jackson's last year he was just he couldn't go anywhere because they they knew he was all we had and they shut him down do you remember that who steven jackson who shut him down uh it didn't matter it just felt like he wasn't as effective his final year i i think uh, you're i think you're thinking of uh ken simonton no it wasn't simonton no jackson had a boatload of yards his last year was it yeah. Well, maybe I just there was somebody we had. We've had a couple of good running backs there. I just remember there was one year where we we just didn't have a really good throwing game, and and it was like all we seemed to do was run it, and every time he seemed to get stuffed because that's what they were counting on. That's all they had to worry about. Mm-hmm. So I think you're thinking more of uh, Ken Simonton's last season. Stephen Jackson had had uh, a great uh, sophomore was- and junior year. Who did he did he not play a senior year? No, he went to the NFL. Okay, who was after Stephen Jackson? Ooh, that is who who was after Stephen Jackson? Was it was that wasn't Quiz? Was it? Nope, Quiz didn't come till two thousand eight. Are you are you quizzing me on this one or are you? Oh, I know uh, who it is. God dang it! Who was after Jackson? So Jackson played a one oh two oh three. And there was a running back that was the same um the same he was in the same grade or same class as uh Jackson, but he played a senior year and was the starter. Bernard? Nope. Bernard started in oh five. Bernard was oh five, oh six, oh seven. So oh four it was Dwight Wright. Ooh, maybe it was Bernard though. Did he get stuck down quite a bit? Uh, Bernard year? had three thousand yard seasons in a row. Okay, okay. So no, it was probably Dwight Wright. We had we had uh, Derek Anderson throwing the ball. Okay, gotcha. But, uh, but um, it was really Dwight Wright. Okay. So, anyways, all right, Beach. So that was just just a disappointing game. That's, but that was probably the. Recap. Let's, was, let's throw this week out. Let's never have this week come back to us again. Yeah, that was probably the worst two-game stretch for the Beavs with those two back-to-back. Yeah, you know, playing two two ranked teams. Mm-hmm. So now uh, flush it and go go beat Stanford. Absolutely. All right. So Beavs, let's talk about the Pac-12 and the polls. Pac-12 is getting some love this year. Hmm. So in the AP poll, USC checks in at six. Utah moves up a spot to 11. Oregon is up to 12. UCLA jumps into the poll at 18. 
And Washington falls a little bit, but only to 21. And Washington State is just outside in the others receiving votes category. Now, in the USA Today coaches poll, again, USC is at 6. Utah's up to 11, Oregon to 12. UCLA jumps in at 19, and Washington falls back, but just to 24. And Washington State, again, is in the others receiving votes category. Okay. All right. Well, Beach, it is now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> a jackass of the week award. Every week, like discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, and or just being a fan. And this week, Beach, it's personal. Personal? This week for me, it's personal. What happened? I'm giving it to the corporate overlords at two companies. Dish Network and ESPN slash Disney. Really? Yes. What'd they do? Well, Beads, some college football fans this last week had a tougher time than others when they tried to watch some of the week five slate of games. So Dish Network pulled all of Disney's 20 television channels off their television service and Sling TV after the two companies failed to renew their carriage deal on Friday night. The contract between the two companies expired at midnight on September 30th, prompting Dish to make the significant move just before Saturday filled with college football. Now, according to Dish, Disney asked for a billion-dollar increase in fees and declined Dish's offer for a contract extension. Dish also claimed that Disney is demanding that ESPN and ESPN2 be included in Dish TV packages that currently exclude sports channels, in addition to requiring users to have to pay for local channels. So uh, Disney ABC owns some local ABC channels. Okay. Right? So they, they want uh, users to have to pay for that. Now, Disney responded saying that Dish rejected its, quote, fair market-based offer for continually for continuing to carry the networks. Now, uh, uh, a Disney statement said, quote, after months of negotiating in good faith, Dish has declined to reach a fair market-based agreement with us for continued distribution of our networks. As a result, their Dish and Sling TV subscribers have lost access to our unrivaled portfolio of live sports and news, plus kids, family, and general entertainment programming from the ABC-owned television stations, ESPN networks, the Disney-branded channels, Freeform, the FX networks, the National Geographic channels, and Baby TV. So this is everything that was polled at midnight on the 1st. You ready? I'll go down go with the, the least offensive ones first. Baby TV. Uh-huh. National Geographic. Mm-hmm. Nat Geo Wild. So far, nobody's going to be calling their, their provider. Nat Geo Mundo. Don't even know. Freeform. Don't care. FX. I like FX. FXX. Uh, that sounds hot. FXM. That sounds... I don't like that. Yeah, no. Disney Channel. Eh. Disney Junior. Eh. Disney XD. Eh, they got Phineas and Ferb on there, I think. ESPN De- De- Deportes. Did they, did, they, did they do the Ocho? ESPN News. Uh-huh. ESPN U. Uh-huh. ESPN2. Yep. ESPN. Uh-huh. ACC Network. Did SEC, they do that? SEC Network. 
I didn't know they controlled those. And the Longhorn Network. Oh, my goodness gracious. You're kidding me. Yep, they pulled them all. Dude, that that's like, I mean, you're, you're starting wars. Yeah. Yep. On a Saturday morning during football season. And How you know, in the- Dish is the one that sells those damn, like we have, the, the uh, portable satellite dishes that uh-huh. are labeled as the tailgater dish. Yeah. Yeah. So how to, uh, so if, if I was a longhorn and I wanted to watch that, you don't get it do, on, you don't get it if you have dish. So I'd have to go direct to, am I, here, here's my, fr- here's, here's my and, frustration. And no, you can't just sign in on, on your, uh, account on ESPN because it asks you for what your cable provider I, is. And since they don't have an open contract, yep, but see, that, that's it. kind of that's BS though because you've been paying your contract to your to that provider to Dish I know, I know. to provide you those stations. Oh, I know. I, so I pay them every Dish, month. I pay them yeah. every month with these are the stations I should be getting. Yeah, Dish is then to me. Dish is like if you're not going to give them, then then my value of my contract just went down by two thirds. Exactly. These are the stations I watch. Yeah. Unbelievable! Yep. I didn't realize that Disney controlled the 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 ACC. Uh, the, said, well, those are all three ESPN. Oh, okay. The, well, ACC, the ACC network, the SEC network, and the Longhorn network are all are all done through ESPN. Okay, but like the Pac-12 network is not done that way. They are their own thing. Are they the only one that does it that way? Yes. Wow. Except for maybe the Big Ten. I don't know how the Big Ten works. Okay. But yes. anyway, that's insane. Yep. You, you know, and I guess you sit there and I mean, to me, both parties suck ass because you should be, you know, granted, I understand you guys are in a little bit of a, uh, of a little bit of an impasse here, but the consumer is going to be the one that, that ends up getting hurt the most. Yeah. We're getting screwed. And, and, and the, and, and the consumer is going to take it back out on you. Well, and you know who the consumer is going to take it out on dish. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. Because they're right. the one. They're the ones doing it. Yeah, I paid you for these services. Yeah. Not my fault. You can't come to an agreement with them on a wholesale level. You shouldn't have presented it to me like you could. Yeah. And Dish has this happen all the time. I don't know how many times I'll be turning on and they'll get into a piss and match with like whoever owns the local CBS channel, and I can't yeah, get CBS. Yeah, I've, I've heard those come through on occasion. All the yeah. time, and I just I'm just tired of it. So we're the ones but, getting screwed. Wow, and, and the fact that you can't even live that they wouldn't even have a a retrofit to live stream. Nope. You know, honestly, if Disney was smart, they would have said, "Hey, for those customers who are currently not happy with their Dish Network, we're going to give you a free weekend of streaming." Yeah. You know, they could have done something to be proactive, and they would, you know, and and endeared the customer to them as opposed to because uh, to me, both parties suck ass at this point. My yep. my. Yep. I mean, like I said, they're going to blame Dish mostly, but still, Disney could have come to the party and said, "Hey, we understand that we can. We're coming to an impasse, and we feel we give a certain value, but we're not going to just take away your weekend without any warning and not have you give an opportunity to try to find other means to get your services handled." Mm-hmm. I mean, I would have been if we were out at the tailgate, I'd have been pissed as hell. Oh, I know. I, I, I hope they get it fixed in the next two weeks. Yeah, because well, because yeah, that totally screws. Why do we have a tailgater? Uh, a TV. Yeah. Yeah. Then that yep. point, we'll just buy the individual apps and just stream them. Yep. 
So anyways, for uh, getting in this stupid piss and match dish and ESPN, you get this week's. <laughs> Jackass of the week. All right, Beach, let's move on to our musical interlude. It is fire. Uh-huh. And it is your pick. It is my pick. So, song of the song today. The song that I'm picking today was written by a guy named George McCorkle. Uh, if you don't know who he is, he is the rhythm guitarist for a little band called the Marshall Tucker Band. Uh, this song was originally recorded by the band on their 1975 album, Searching for a Rainbow. It peaked at number 38 on the Billboard Hot 100. McCorkle, McCorkle actually hoped Charlie Daniels would record this song. Uh, but And Charlie Daniels was his friend, but uh, Charlie refused. And after that happened, McCorkle decided to have his own band record it. Uh, the, the song's lyrics are set during the California gold rush and details how a family is going to strike it rich. Uh, in the end, however, the singer gets shot and killed and his widow is left with a worthless claim. Uh, one interesting note uh, on this uh, song is that uh, Toy Caldwell, uh, his steel guitar, is out of tune because he did not know how to tune a steel guitar. <laughs> Um, and, and one other little fun fact here before we play the play the song, um, I was I was curious on how Marshall Tucker band got its name since there's nobody in the band named Marshall Tucker. And the story goes they had rented a warehouse uh, to record in and they didn't have a name for the band yet. And they grabbed a They had a key for the warehouse and the key had a name etched in it and it and it said Marshall Tucker. Huh. And. And so they decided to name themselves after the name etched in the key. What it ended up being was the guy who had rented that space before them. Uh, he was a blind piano tuner. And uh, and his name was Marshall Tucker. And oh. uh, they, they scratched, he scratched his name or they wrote his name on the key. Ultimately, uh, they're named after a blind piano tuner uh, that left his name on the, the key that they used to record their, their first album. Huh. Yeah. So anyway. There you go. Marshall Tucker Band. So, oh, and so just to, to finish this up, here you go. Uh, actually, this is, I, I'm, I'm really into 70s music right now, if you can't tell. I can tell. And, uh, so, so this one here, uh, Fire on the Mountain by the Marshall Tucker Band. Here you go. Sifting from five to five 
Selling everything we found just to stay alive. Go flow free like the whiskey in the bar. Sinning was the big thing, Lord, and Sid was star. And there's fire on the mountain, lightning in the air. Gold in them hills, and it's waiting for me. That's a great song, Beach. Um, I I don't think uh, Marshall Tucker ran. First of all, one of the only like rock bands that has a flute. True, true. Yeah. Them well, and there, uh, was, there, there was that Van Halen. Yeah. Well, uh, that was a flute or was an oboe. Might have been. It was something different. I don't think it was a flute, but it was definitely a, a woodwind. It was his his uh, the Van Halen brother's sister played the oboe. Is that what it was? Yep, yep, yep. And you also have a flute in um. Oh, oh! They sing uh, "Bungle in the Jungle" and uh, oh. "Thick as a Brick." And uh, I can't think of their name. Yeah, it's right there too. I'm no, no, I just figure out. Um, Jethro Tull. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, they had, they had a flute flute player. Not, not common, though. Not common. Well, and and really, you know, these guys were were right in there. I think. I don't know when Leonard Skinner formed, but they're right about that same time frame of, of that kind of Southern style rock. Yeah. Well, they, these guys will predate them a little bit. They were like early or uh, in the mid sixties. And I think uh, Skinner was right in the early seventies. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Right about the same time. I, I love Marshall Tucker. Rand. All right, Beach, good pick. And you know what? Kyle has been wanting to pick again. So we're going to let him pick next week. So Kyle, oh. 
you get a pick next week, even though we hate you. Did, did Kyle even respond to you this week? Or, or yes, did he, yes. Uh, I've, oh. got, I've got his email right here. So, with that, it is time to look at our week number six preview in the Pac-12. All the games are on Saturday, and we've got one, two, three, four. Looks like we got five games. Who doesn't play? Looks like um, Washington State, Washington. Looks like Colorado and... I don't know. Somebody else has the week off. So, so what? You, so what? Cal, you Colorado and Cal have the week off. Is 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 Colorado fire their coach and they're not even going to lose this week? Nope, nope. Again, that was good. good know, actually, it's a good time to do it because now he's got two weeks to work on his team. <laughs> Can you really fix that though? Yep. Well, you know, at least try to get something. Try to get a win somewhere. Yeah. All right, and I think that'll be against the Beeves. Oh God, no. Yeah, it'll be against the Beeves, right? No. Three weeks they play the Beeves. I don't know who they play next week. All right. So, all the games are on the 8th. First up, we've got, ooh, Utah at UCLA. Um, God, I hate him so much. Well, Kyle says, I hope Phillips gets lots and lots of interceptions. Lots. Utah. So, uh... Phillips is the guy that had three interceptions against the Beavs. He he is a good – he's damn impressive. Is he? Yeah, he's damn impressive. You All watched right. his, his coverage. It was – yeah, he's probably one of the best corners in the nation. Okay, I'm going to stay with Kyle on that one. I, I Again, not watching the game, I didn't get to see how uh, good they were. So we're going to go by Kyle's recommendation. I'm going to stay with him and pick Utah. I will take Utah also. Um, I think Dorian Thompson-Robinson will make a bunch of bad decisions for UCLA. All right, next up. Washington at Arizona State. Um, you know what? Hmm. You know what? I'm going to pick Arizona State on this one. I, I think it's there might be a stronger team in Washington, but I think uh, playing in Arizona is going to give them the home field advantage. I think they're going to win. Kyle says, while Washington still is only good at home, Arizona teams suck at home and away. Huskies. I'm going to take UW also. All right. Next up, Washington State at USC. You know what? I think Wazoo is going to come in there and steal it. I don't think USC is as good as they think they are. Mm-hmm. And, and I think Wazoo has the ability to play above their caliber. Kyle says, time for that cougar magic where they ruin someone else's ranking. Wazoo. Yep. You know, it's like Kyle and I, I don't even read his things because I don't even get his emails. And I swear he and I are thinking the same road. So, anyway. I'm going to take USC. Yeah, you bitch. Last up, Beach, Oregon at Arizona. You know, there was some years where Arizona was the spoiler for Oregon. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. 2010. Dix, was it Dixon? I was on my first date with my wife. We were at and, Wilhelm's in and, in uh, Albany. Is that the year Dixon broke his leg playing Arizona or something? Yes. Like that? Yes. Yeah, that. Yes. That, and I that, and Dixon had the most skinniest little peg legs I've ever seen on a quarterback. Yep, little chicken legs. That, yeah, terrible. Anyway. Anyways, we were I was we were out on our first date in the bar, and I kept looking up at the screen. 
<laughs> it's amazing she ever married you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what are you, who are you taking? Oh, uh, um, you know what? Uh, I, I got to pick Oregon. Arizona's not that good this year. All right. Kyle says, maybe the Territorial Cup will be exciting, evenly matched game. This will not be that. Oregon. I, too, am taking the Beavs. All right. There you go. <sighs> you know, when, when we start off and we're doing like freaking 15 games out of the Pac-12. I know. But when you, get down, when you get down here, the most you're going to have is about six. I know. I know. So, and here we got, yeah. So, okay. And and last up, the Beavs play. The Beavs, Oregon State at Stanford. You know, Stanford used to be, remember that, I can't, what was the game where we freaking fumbled the damn ball out of bounds in the end zone and it ended up being, what, like a touchback? We were trying to go for the score. 2008. God, you know, there's certain games that you like, you, you remember names. That, and was, all this that stuff. was the Just, first game of the season. If the Beavs had won that game, they would have gone to the Rose Bowl. There, and I just remember we, we, she stretched. He let, I mean, and he was trying to go for the touchdown to get the win. Ends up fumbling it into the end zone, out the side, gives what, essentially it's a touchback and they get the ball, wasn't it? Correct. So it went from, from being a score to their ball and, and the drove. We lost the stupid game. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I, well, the, those those ones are the most the most bitter ones I remember the best. Going into this game, I want to see Oregon State establish the run. Establish the run and jam it down their throats. That's what I want to see them do. You've got a stable of great running backs. Use them all. Who? Uh, who was the player that cost us? Instead of saying we want to receive or we want to defer said, we're going to kick the effing ball. That and... would, uh, Richard Siegler. Okay. <laughs> that was picked up on the, on the pregame toss. What they did was they wanted, it was during Erickson and the beeves wanted to kick off, but if you want to kick off and you win the toss, you don't choose to kick off. You, you choose to defer. You defer your choice to the second half. Then the other team, it's their choice. They will choose to receive. The problem is when you choose to kick off, then the second half, it's the other team's choice. They can choose to receive. So it's essentially they receive twice. They receive which twice. Is what, which is what happened in that game. Yeah. And I'm sitting there. I remember scratching my head going, Billy, why are we kicking off again? And I'm and, like, because and, we were stupid. Because it's really kick the fucking ball, yeah. and so when when I hear you say I want to see it, drive another foot, I was like, we're gonna kick the fucking ball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Beach, and so this week on Thursday, I made a run up to the Wazoo, Vancouver campus, and I picked us up three tins of Cougar Gold cheese. It's a cute little bookstore up there, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah, yeah. I've been up there a couple times now, and I also got a tin of the Viking. Because, you know, they're Viking, they make, it's a jack cheese, and they make different flavored jack cheeses. Sometimes they've got, like, a pepper jack, they've got a habanero jack. This one was a garlic dill. Hmm. I thought that sounded quite good. I I do love me some garlic, I do love me some dill. Exactly. Now, I have no idea what we're cooking yet, but it will have have cougar gold. Well, we should know 
by the time this is published Tuesday morning, we should know what it is because they should announce the kickoff time on Monday. Is that what we're waiting for is to figure out if the we're kickoff gonna... time? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. 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 I've got a bunch of different cheesy recipes I can, uh, I've been kind of kicking around. So once I know what it is, we'll, we'll decide. I, you know, and, and for those of you guys who haven't ever been to one of our, uh, tailgaters where we've done the Cougar Gold, Cougar Gold cheese is really, really good. Yeah. Uh, expensive as hell. Uh, they, they sell it. It doesn't come in like a, a loaf, like uh, Tillamook does. It comes in a tin can that you, you, you essentially open up with a can opener mm-hmm. and what, what are they, Billy? About eight inches around. Oh, they're pretty good size. Yeah, probably. Yeah. 10. I don't know how, I don't know how big it is. Yeah. And they're what about two inches thick. Yeah, here you can actually buy it on Amazon. Really, but it's expensive as hell. Well, well even there, what's it at the campus? Twenty five dollars a tin, or is it more uh, than thir- that now? Thirty four. Thirty four bucks a tin. Yeah. So you bought over a hundred dollars worth so, of cheese. So it's a thirty ounce. So it's you know pretty close to two pounds. Okay, okay, but still not cheap cheese. No. But uh, it's 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 got a little bit of bite to it. A lot of times what works good is if you mix it with like a Tillamook or something with a little less edge. Oh yeah. And uh it's it's just it just gives you a little bit of a bite uh to you know tone down the bite but that little bit of bite oh it's it's, it's good stuff. Yeah, you can buy it on Amazon, but on Amazon you're looking at $75. Wow. Yeah. Or here you can get the Cougar Gold and a silicone stretch lid like put over the top of the can Ooh, for, like a little for, condom. for 80. Wow. Oh wait, here's, here's one for 60. This is the smoky cheddar for 60. Mm. So yeah, it's not cheap stuff, but I think if you go up to the creamery itself, you can get them for about 28. Okay. Okay. They charge a little bit more at the, at the, well, cause they got to the... get it down to Vancouver. Gotcha. Gotcha. So. The, the uh but we've done we've done mac and cheese we've done sliders what mm-hmm. else have we done anything um i think those are the main things we've done but i was thinking we could also do like a cheesy potato casserole i've got a bunch of different things kind of bouncing around in my head right now so we'll we'll figure out something good okay i'm i'm excited yep most mostly because it means i don't have more to do and it all puts the burden on you so that that's what i like the most depends on what we decide to make yep yep Hoping it stays towards that, though. All right, Beach. Anything else to put in till today? I got nothing, Billy. I'm hopping on a boat tomorrow. What time What time is your uh, time to board? I, I think our time to board is like 11.15. Oh, nice. Go straight back to the uh, buffet. <laughs> don't don't eat breakfast. Don't eat breakfast. Get up. Go to the buffet. Okay. Well, there's probably only one that's open. But, yeah, go, go back and eat. Okay. Don't eat breakfast. You've already paid for the food on the boat. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah crab legs and shrimp and yeah go eat that um, i'm excited yeah, right on all right well i have nothing else to add just want to remind everyone thank you for listening to show number 181 of illegal participation if you'd like to comment send a suggestion or ask a question there's a few ways to get in touch with us heinrich tailgater at gmail.com at heinrich tailgater on twitter heinrich tailgater on facebook remember you can listen and subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher radio spotify iHeartRadio. please leave a rating and review beach Billy. Have fun on your cruise. All right. And uh, let's go, Beavs. We need a win at Stanford. Let's get going on the right track. Until then, till next week, Beach, here's a great big go, Beavs.
I'm still working on very little sleep because of my red eye. Well, you know, if you'd quit eating. Oh, wait a minute. That's pink eye. Oh, yeah. That's a... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Kyle's seen the message, so hopefully he's sending something. All right. You ready to do uh, this? Yeah, I'm going to suck, but let's do it. <clears throat> oh, so it's going to be a normal show. Perfect. Yeah, pretty much. Your Cerna Blue Glue. Baluyo, blue glue, bio, balio glue. I'm not sure how it is. B a l l i o g l u. Balio glue. Anyways, the beeves are now six and eight overall, three and My, one. Mike Michael Vernon. Yeah. Is it gal? Yeah. Okay. M y c h a e l. Okay. All right, good one. All righty. You're pushing okay. 11 o'clock. You need to go to bed. Yep, I know. It's been a long day. Yeah. All righty. I, th I thought I brought it pretty well today. It's actually pretty good considering you're remote. <laughs> I know. Freaking teletype machine. You're stupid. <laughs> All right. I will talk to you later. Okay, have fun. All right, take care. Bye. Right, bye. I like beer. <laughs>